Okay, Molly, here, look what we have to talk about. I got pages, I got my eyeglasses. You're gonna see a funny look, look. Okay. That's great. I'm excited to be back for our second podcast. So welcome to our podcast, Kalanu Matters. We're excited to start our second podcast today and share more about the community's responses to the events of October 7th. Some of you might've been at our Zoom session um, where we read all these and talked about it, but we really wanted to bring this to the podcast. You could hear some more dialogue and back and forth with Bonnie and I as we review these statements. It's the so, podcast with Bonnie and Molly or Molly and Bonnie. Um, during these sad times, it's been very sad for all of us and the communities in Africa, and all around the world have been affected by the events of October 7th, all in different ways. And uh, they sent us emails and they sent us WhatsApps and they sent us some videos that we wanna share with you. Go Molly. Right, right. no, it's it was, it's really, really been so, so, so sad really to get these messages and to hear, you know, the heartbreak and to understand really what it means to be a part of like a global Jewish community and to, to hear that they really feel they're a part of this community has been really amazing as well. And they're um, part of you know, Jewish I, history. What's really unfortunate is that often the worldwide Jewish community doesn't recognize them because they have not undergone conversion in most circumstances. These are emerging Jewish communities, but they love Judaism. They practice Judaism. They have, they live Jewish lives. They live Jewish holidays. They study Torah and they read from the Torah every Shabbos. So, hey, they are hurting with all of us, with Kulanu, with all of us. Molly, go. You want to start? Right, no. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, we, we all just celebrated Hanukkah, you know, last week. And so we, you know, we thought it would make sense to share the, the note from Pakistan that we received prior to that, you know, start off. So this note, I think, was to Bonnie. It says, Madame, the war between Israel and Hamas is still going on. And I have feeling that this war will continue for many more weeks. Hashem will give victory to his people. There is no doubt that the men of our armies are very brave and fearless. This will succeed in freeing, in freeing hostage. I want your advice. Should we celebrate the festival of Hanukkah in these circumstances? Should our people have a Hanukkah party? Should the children dance, sing, and celebrate? Is it appropriate to do this? Because I do not know what we should do. Please give, please give me your opinion. What should we do? So this is something we brought to the board also, because we wanted to have like more of a discussion about it and just when we were sharing these stories and just to hear the questions that were being asked. So, so I'll give you the answer that I gave them. I said, of course we should celebrate. And according to Jewish halacha and Jewish law, that holidays bypass mourning. And now even stronger, we should celebrate louder and clearer. And of course they should light the menorah in public. And I know that's a big debate in America today. I just read some Times article about the debate. Should we keep all of this inside? Should we decorate the outsides of our house? Or should we be very public? And people, I heard there's a uh, a run on on Jewish stars and highs on Amazon because people want to be public 
more about their Jewishness. And that's the same dilemma that they're facing all over the world in our Kulanu communities. Right, no, it's very true. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting, you know, discussion with Ford. Everyone, of course, you know, was on your side, but it was interesting, you know, to see this conversation take place and to really know these questions are coming from these communities and they're, you know, they're thinking about it just in the same way, you know, that communities here are thinking about it and, you know, how to balance everything that's happening. So that's been really interesting to see. I'm not the only one that answers these questions. We have lots of rabbis that actually are connected to Kulanu of Orthodox Conservative Reform, um, and they answer and guide communities as well. When the communities are addressed to me, I either answer them myself or I give it to my husband, Rabbi Gerald Sussman, who's my fellow traveler, and walks this path with me to answer uh, some of the questions that I may not, he might have a different opinion. Yeah, let's put it that way. Okay, Molly. Right. That's right. No, it's really, it's really all of us. You know, it, it really takes you know everyone working together and understanding that there are different ways to do Jewish. I think that's important to know. So thanks for bringing like, that in. It like if it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a globe to raise a Jewish community. It takes a whole world of to to help with this. Okay, Molly. What's the next piece? Sure. So you know, I wanted to kind of to some highlights of the places around the world and, you know, some positive things are happening as well as negative, really to tell, tell the true story of what, you know, what we're hearing, what, what's happening in these places. So I wanted to share the video from uh, Nicaragua, which was the cemetery desecration that occurred a few, a few days after. So that was a really unfortunate um, situation. I'll tell you something about the community yeah. in Nicaragua. My husband and I visited it uh, five times. And we actually participated in a bunch of um, conversions there that took place with uh, Orthodox credentialed rabbis. But having said that, they took us to see these old two Jewish cemeteries that have been around since the turn of the century. It was European Jews that settled in Nicaragua for all kinds of reasons. They had a synagogue there when the Sandinistas uh, took over. They... Um, uh, burnt, I think. I think they burnt, or they, I know they repurposed the synagogue. And now these are videos that I was sent, that were sent to us um, the first week after October 7th about the desecration of this cemetery, these cemeteries. Right. And as, as you see here, you know, there's red blood that is, that was, or red paint that was, was, you know, used to represent blood strewn all over the cemetery, and even swastikas painted on some of the tombstones very yeah. devastating Swastika is that is that symbol that is so intimidating and so frightening to jews i mean i don't know i don't know what's with this world these days yeah it's very scary and, to, and you know and, and to know the people that are you know painting that on there they know they know the meaning and they know how you know terrible it will, it will feel for the Jews to come into the cemetery and see that. So if you if really you want to know more about Nicaraguan Jewish community, you can go to the Kulanu website and type in Nicaragua, or you can also click on the map if you can find Nicaragua on the map, and it'll come up with a whole bunch of uh, uh, articles and information photos. By the way, we have the largest online photo um, archive of emerging Jewish communities, I think 
in this world. And if you go to, uh, I think, what where do you have to go to click on Smug Mug? Right. So we have a Smug Mug album, but it's also on our website. So that'll you'll just click right on our website and then you can go on and see. So kulanu.org slash photos. And then you'll be able to get to our photo archive where you'll be able to see photos and it's listed by different communities by year. So you can see lots of different photos about about each community, travelers that have been to see them as well as photos they've taken themselves. So it's really like a wealth of information, the whole documentation of you know how people are living Jewish lives all over the world. Okay, Molly. So we just went through Pakistan and Nicaragua. Where where are you right. taking us now, on the planet next? So yeah, so now I'm taking us to Tanzania. So there was a beautiful prayer service that was done there. Um, so the community leader there brought everyone together and and really felt that this was a moment of prayer, you know, so that to really bring the community and pray and have everyone come together and be together, you know, while everyone is going through this and, you know, the war starting at that point. So they did a community prayer service. They lit um, candles and memorials. So it was really a beautiful sight to see it, as you can see, you know, the prayers been happening here. Yeah, they're very, very educated. And this group in Tanzania is also very interesting because they are descendants from Yemenite Jews and they have a real recollection of their grandparents who uh, were Yemenite Jews living in Tanzania. Um, there, This is a wealthier community. Most of the communities we deal with are really poor. Though at this point, we have some middle-class and upper-class communities. The head of the community in Tanzania is an international lawyer, and he is one of the people who sit on the Commonwealth Jewish Council uh, representing Tanzania Jews. Um, this is a new development in Kulanu. Uh, the CJC, the Commonwealth Jewish Council, has begun to incorporate um, emerging Jewish communities, and Tanzania is like the first or second one that they've incorporated. And, and when we speak to the head of the community there, Yehuda Koalani, um, the pain you hear in his voice is like remarkable. It's like talking... It's like talking to people in America who are so pained by what's going on in Israel and around the world, actually, that, um, hey. It's like a universal feeling for all Jews that, you know, wasn't as expected. Right. So, so what's the next community? We're going in an airplane and we're trying and now we're flying to... Indonesia. So Indonesia decided to have a prayer um, for peace. So the rabbi there, Yaakov Boruk, as you see here in the flyer, um, it was held at the synagogue there in Indonesia. And there were different uh, religious leaders from different religions all came together for this prayer at the synagogue. So it was really beautiful to see that in Indonesia, of all places, they were able to, you know, pull this off and have the people come together. So it was really great. Indonesia is also interesting. It's also a more middle-class, upper-middle-class community that came out of uh, Spanish-Portuguese origin. And what's very interesting about them is they do a lot of interfaith work, and they set up the first Holocaust 
exhibit in Indonesia. And it's just one small wall with a few items in it. And it made a whole big protest of the Muslims around town, protesting that the Zionists are taking over and that they have this Holocaust uh, memorial. I, I, I got to tell you, it's like a piece of the size of a small wall. And it's got everybody's ire up there um, around uh, the Jews that are now in Indonesia. And what's the next? Where can we fly to next? So from Indonesia, we're going to go back know, to Africa. Is this a direct flight? Are we doing this like as a direct flight? So we're going back to Cameroon now. So, you know, Cameroon has a special relationship with Israel, and we've received lots and lots of messages from Cameroon. And, you know, the one that really stood out was the one about how in Cameroon, the, Isra the Israeli soldiers are at the heart of power. They are the eyes, ears, and arms, and armed arms of the Cameroonian president. president. For several decades, Israelis have led the country's elite unit. Hazak Teshrov soldier. Sahal. So, Sahal. Sahal. Ah, the sorry. Israeli so, army. Yeah. So, so I wanted to share this photo because you see here the Cameroonian um, forces along with the IDF soldiers. So it's really neat to see that relationship. And so I think that has really made the people in Cameroon feel close and connected to Israel. Um, and so the Jewish community there has really been sending letters of support to us and really wants everyone to know that they feel that this is something that they're a part of. I I want to read to you something that doesn't have a picture. Another person in Cameroon wrote this to me. Never again will we accept being killed like cattle. And Frank, I'm thinking of you. To our brave soldiers, Chazak, Shabbat Shalom. To every Israelite Jew, Chazak. To Jewish audiences across the world for our active solidarity. We would have liked to be all present as one man in Eretz Israel, in the land of Israel, to defend our eternal heritage. How's that? I mean, I wish I read some more in America writing things like this. I mean, these groups are incredibly philo-Semitic, pro-Israel, and a gift to the Jewish world. I, you know, we, we talked about Pakistan, but I have another cute, cute, I wouldn't use the word cute exactly, moving quote from Pakistan that... Um, yeah, so I have this one from Pakistan ready to go. We'll see if this is the one you're looking for. We are very worried to see the current situation of Israel. I wish we were in Israel at that time, and we would fight the enemies of God together with our people. If Israel needs volunteers, my family and I offer ourselves to help Israel. We will be loyal until our last breath. We offer ourselves for the service to for the service to care for the sick and wounded people. If you wish, use us to help Israel. We will always be loyal. I mean, how many people can say? How many people can actually say they'll be loyal to their last breath? I mean, that's incredible. You know, there's a group of these um, 
communities that are interested in volunteering uh, to do agricultural stuff in Israel. And uh, Molly and I are trying to work on connections to actually make this happen. I know that Israel um, uh, contracted with several um, places, I'm not sure which countries, to provide uh, agricultural assistance to pick the vegetables and I guess the fruit and whatever right, to else. work on the agricultural and, farms, and, and right. Agricultural stuff. Right, doing the harvest and planting, right. Yes. So and we're trying to figure out this. We're trying to figure it out. And if anybody here has any connections to help us make it do, make that happen, we would love it to happen. And um, like I say- the and As would they, I mean, these, these are what? farmers. They they have the experience and the knowledge and you know they're, they're farming their own lands and they would be overjoyed really to farm in Israel and to have a Shabbat in Israel it would be priceless, once in a lifetime experience for them. Okay, I agree. Okay, here we're flying again. So Not for the last route, we didn't plot out the route. Well, we're going though. from Cameroon to Uganda now, so that's not so far. Well, so, you visited Uganda. Uganda, so you can right. tell us all about it. Yeah, <laughs> right. So in this video, we have a um, a parade, really, a support for Israel demonstration march. You know, um, that happened in Kampala, the capital city, while I was there. Um, I, however, was not in the capital city. So actually, Bonnie sent this to me while I was there in Uganda. So that was funny. Um, but yeah, there was a lot happening in Uganda. There was so much support. And, you know, being there for like the first Shabbat after was just moving and to hear, you know, Rabbi Gershom speak about, you know, how we pray for the innocent lives lost of those in Israel and Gaza at this time and how, you know, he was really touched and moved. He actually decided to have you know, a little bit less music at the service. He, he opened up with music and then wanted to keep it a little bit dampered. And they had a, another candle lit um, for those that couldn't light candles um, for Israel. Right. So they I want to tell you something. I'm doing, sure. you know, <laughs> time out. I'm interrupting. <laughs> yeah, I want to tell you something about uh, Rabbi Sizomu. He's a third generation Uganda Jew who went to rabbinical school in the United States, and he's the first native-born African rabbi in uh, in the whole African world. And he is uh, the main rabbi in Uganda. There are other groups, and now, I don't know, you know how many communities there are in Uganda? I would have to guess over 20 or so. I visited about, you know, 10 to 15 when I was there. And I think there's, you know, some more out there. So probably maybe up to 30. So there's often little communities that break off as in all Jewish communities <laughs> for various reasons. So, you know, people decide to open up their own shul and, you know, have their own synagogue services for different reasons. But yes, yeah, so it's, it's always a, a you know, a moving energetic Jewish community that's happening there. Okay, Molly. Tell us what we want to do in the following podcasts. Right. So, you know, if you want to learn more about, you know, the community's reactions, you can go look on our website at kulanu.org slash recorded sessions. That's where you can see uh, a lot of Zoom sessions we've done in the past. And on the top of the page, you'll see this most recent one we did about. Wait, Zoom sessions the, are code words for webinars. Other people call them webinars. webinars. Okay. We call them <laughs> Zoom sessions. So yeah, so we've had this online speaker series. It's what we officially called it for a while there. Um, and then this most recent one we did 
the same topic here as the October 7th, the reactions to October 7th from uh, Kulanu communities around the globe. So that is on our website at kulanu.org slash recorded dash sessions. And there you can see all of the responses that we've collected together and you can learn from the communities themselves. There are many people there from the communities that kind of shared more of their insight and the background on how they're thinking now. So that's kind of a great one if you want to see that. It's a little over an hour, so make sure you have some popcorn ready. And yeah. so as we- Popcorn, what a great idea. You know what, talking about popcorn, we have on our webpage um, a bunch of uh, documentaries. If you if you Google Kulanu Films, uh, right. Kulanu.org slash films. Fabulous, fabulous documentaries about the communities that we work with. Some you can get on Netflix, some you can get on Amazon, and some I think you could just click on it and see it uh, free of charge. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, we're excited to continue on to these podcasts as we look forward to the new year in 2024. It's been a difficult year for the Jews. So hopefully next year will be better. And we're going to do some podcasts. We're going to include some community, um, learn more about our communities. And, you know, we make sure that you tell your friends about this podcast so we can have more people joining us to learn about what it means to be Jewish. And, and what all it of means us to have a diverse Jewish community around the globe that's strengthening the Jewish people. Right. And it really, you know, enriches all of our lives. I feel like, you know, to learn about the different communities and the traditions and how there's many different, you know, ways to do things. So I think that's great. Yeah. So we wish everybody a happy new year and we hope and we pray that this year, this coming 2024 will be a happier year. Uh, will lift some of the pain from our hearts, that peace will maybe flourish, you know, after the nightmare, um, like some rabbi must have said, this too shall pass. And we hope that um, in time, we will see a better world, and we hope that 2024 brings us good news. In Hebrew or in Yiddish, it'd say, Besoros Tovis, we need we need good news now. So thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank you. And share it. We look yeah. forward to seeing you next year. So we'll see you. Thank you, Molly. For our new podcast. Yes, thank you, Molly. It's been fun. Appreciate yes. it. Kulanu.org. So it's K-U-L-A-N-U dot O-R-G slash donate.